morning, everyone. This, I, this is Rochelle Taya Ramirez. I'm here with Father Michael of St. Leonard's in the north end of Boston. We are here in Sacred Heart. Good, good morning, Father. Good morning. Now, I wanted to ask you about um, how you grew up in the north end, grew up in Boston, how you've left and also, what made you, what's, what was your, when was your calling to be a priest? And your experience of it, um, the beauty, the splendor, and just the, and also we'll go into the neighborhood and how you've come back to the neighborhood. And because North End is such a, has such a rich history. It's one of the oldest neighborhoods in Boston, and Boston itself is old, 1630. So I just wanted to get your background and also having uh, immigrant parents or grandparents, uh, Italian and Portuguese. I'll let you take over. And also we are here in the beautiful Sacred Heart Church in the middle of the North End. It is gorgeous and it showcased the splendor and beauty of the Catholic Church. So Father, thank you for your question and I hope um, everyone hope anyone listening to this is inspired. So my name is Father Michael Della Pena. I did grow up very close uh, down on Prince Street. That's where I was born. And we were a family of uh, five. And um, we grew up in a little building. And I, I would say like when we were growing up, everybody was like family. And that was the most beautiful part of our neighborhood. We really all grew up as brothers and sisters. One mother of one of us was a mother of all of us. So it was a very tight-knit, beautiful Italian community. So growing up here, I think, was very unique. Even as I've traveled around and lived in Toronto, Guatemala, Rome, I've always um, been able to appreciate the beauty and the uh, closeness and the intimacy that we shared growing up here. Um, so as I grew up here, this would be one of the churches that we went to, this and St. Leonard's as well. My sister was actually um, married in this church, and the Scalabrini fathers used to staff it. Our other church, St. Leonard's, is where the Franciscans were, and that was really my first encounter with the Franciscans, and I remember very well going around, and all of our uh, crew, you know, like our little gang would come around, and We'd go to Mass every Sunday, and I remember Brother Joe, who was like this cool uh, Franciscan um, friar who was very open, and he was just this uh, great Italian guy who really motivated a lot of the uh, kids in the North End. He was kind of like a role model. He and Father Alan Caparella, two friars that were now, you know, now I know they're, they're from our province, they were kind of like the um, high-profile uh, men of faith that we could kind of look up to. So growing up here, uh, faith, you know, food, and family. You know, that's kind of like if you would condense it, what we were about, especially being formed by the feasts. So the feasts were very unique here in, I would say, in America. You know, um, And every week, there would be a different saint that, would that had come over the devotion of it had come over from Italy, especially Sicily. And so for us, those were like the highlights of the summer, the culmination of which was St. Anthony's. And that was the biggest feast at the end where there's uh, confetti being thrown off the roof. The 
statue of the saint would be processed through all of the streets. There would be a marching band. So we grew up in that environment of faith, uh, family. We would go out and there would be um, a beautiful celebration. We'd go into all of the buildings and you'd be welcomed. You know, no matter uh, who you were, you were all uh, being invited into uh, sharing in that festivity. So that was kind of like the culture or the uh, environment that I grew up in. And it was really something special. You know, and I think of, uh, and I look back and I think of how we all loved one another and cared for one another. We always had each other's back, so to speak. And um, it was more like a poor neighborhood, even though we didn't know it, you know. Uh, one of the buildings I lived in, 60 Prince Street, was uh, we had three rooms, and then there was only four of us, you know, after um, growing up. And it was a very small, you know, place. But we didn't think of it like that. We were so rich in that love and the warmth and the faith and everything. So I uh, went to Medjugorje in 1989, and that changed my life. You know, um, I went there with another friend of mine, a best friend that I grew up with, and both of us came back with vocations. Um, he had already graduated. I was in my senior year. So for me, it was a little bit more difficult because I was trying to make sense of what I had experienced in Medjugorje and trying to integrate that into my life. He entered into the Franciscans right when he came back. I was more um, struggling with how to uh, process all of that. I was Bridgewater State College, I was studying psychology, and that year was kind of uh, difficult, you know, to, to um, make sense of all that we experienced in our faith and in our conversion, really an awakening to the truth that God was real, the Eucharist was scary, you know. Um, once I graduated, however, I um, began to visit him uh, in the community at, of the Franciscans of the Immaculate Conception Province, and I got to know more of them. And uh, little by little, I gained more uh, confidence in feeling God was leading me towards that direction. I remember one of the priests, uh, he became my spiritual director, and he had said something really uh, meaningful to me, and he said, you're never going to know unless you try. And that was kind of the... Um, you know, the advice that got me to enter. So I entered in 1991, and uh, we wound up going to Andover our first year. Then we went to New York, Catskill. Then I came back here uh, in the neighborhood, and I was studying over with the Jesuits. And it was a beautiful time of formation, and then I wound up being ordained. And my um, journey really uh, kind of um, went in a different direction for because for 20 years, I was stationed out of the country. So my first years, I was six years in Toronto, three years in Rome, and 11 years as a missionary in Guatemala. And those were just beautiful um, uh, years for me, especially because we had a beautiful mission called Valle de los Angeles, and we had 200 children there. For me, it was a time where I felt like my instinct were really, uh, you know, uh, blossoming in the sense that the children made me feel like a real father. And so the joy of uh, being with them really shaped my life. I would say I always felt like a brother here in the North End because we were all brothers, you know, and I had a 
sister, I had a brother. It was kind of easy for me to fill in with that in the Franciscan spirit. But <clears throat> that paternal instinct, I think, was really pulled out of me with these children. So I was there for 11 years, and then my provincial asked me to come back here to St. Leonard's. And that uh, was a joy for me because I had grown up there. And so I've been back now for three years. I love it here. Uh, and it really feels like um, when I'm preaching, I feel like I'm in my living room. I feel like, uh, you know, we're all, they know me for my whole life. And um, being able to minister to the people that I grew up with that helped formed who I am has been such a blessing. And uh, the community has really been receptive and supportive. And so it's been a real joy for me. Um, just as a follow-up, Father, now that the big dig has finished and, you know, the, the landscape of Boston has changed with the highway coming down and the, the neighborhood has opened up to the rest of Boston, it's become very popular. And so I, just coming back here, I see that there's a lot of changes. A lot of transient people are moving in and out. It's become more transient. So what has been the challenges of, um, of the, the sense of community? Sure. That's a great question. And uh, there has been such a dramatic change. You know, we were growing up, we were isolated, even geographically, and you can even see historically, you know, as we were the Italians here um, coming over in immigration, learning uh, during our 150th celebration that we're doing this year, I learned a little bit more about the immigration piece that what we were. Um, entering into at that time, there had been a wave, you know, even in this neighborhood that had originally been Jewish and then Irish, and then we came over the Italians, and we were really that minority, and there was, there was a lot of discrimination. So we were banded together almost by necessity, you could almost say, in the sense that we were looking after one another. And um, now, once the, uh, as you mentioned, the big dig, geographically, we became all of a sudden open. And what we had been, you know, could have been described as almost like a little ghetto, you know, in the sense that we were this small uh, little mile, uh, you know, square mile uh, piece. All of a sudden, it got opened up in our proximity to downtown Boston. All of a sudden, became really um, attractive, you know, and uh, a lot of the buildings were sold. They became condominiums and the prices just jumped. My mom was under uh, rent control, and she used to pay about $250 a month. That was her rent. Same building now, you know, is, is, is easily $2,500, the same room. So there was a big transition, demographics, you know, and also the change of the neighborhood. When I was growing up, we knew everybody, you know, like everybody um, went back generations, you know, and. Our families were very close-knit. You could, you know, not, you didn't have to lock your door. You could go into other people's homes. They would invite you in. It was just, it was more like um, a big family, like I mentioned. And now, um, the, it almost reminds me of, in Guatemala, uh, Zona Viva. You know, there's so much going on. There's uh, so many tourists, so many people. The Freedom Trail, the North, uh, North Station, all of that was there, but now it's more accessible. So there's an influx of uh, people coming in. 
which is also so beautiful because they're getting to enjoy the flavor of the neighborhood. It has always been one of the most uh, safest neighborhoods in Boston. And so I think people feel that warmth and that openness that I attribute to Italy. You know, when I was living in Italy, there's a warmth and a joy of life. You know, they come in and there's this abundanza. You know, there's this acceptance and this joy, this family um, uh, welcome, you know, this warmth. So um, some of that has changed, you know, because now there's uh, such a variety and there's such a diversity, which is also in and of itself beautiful. And I think that integration uh, provides a nice richness in both ways. So that um, there's a nice opening up of that. So I see um, the advantages of that. Um, I do see, you know, it, it doesn't have that uh, uh, safety that we used to have in a sense. Now I see, you know, like we're, we're having the police come in once in a while. And for me, it was like that was never an issue, you know, and, and not that it's uh, in any way dangerous. But at that time when we were growing up, it had been self-policed, so to speak. We all were looking out after one another, and now we're a big, you know, we're in a major city, and there's a, uh, a wider variety of, uh, of population. You know, it's, it's, it's really rich. I came here yesterday, um, and I saw there were lines out the door in all the restaurants. Oh, yeah. So on the weekends, it's, it's packed. And, and I see this is such a great opportunity for evangelization, too because uh, we have three beautiful churches here in the North End, the Sacred Heart, St. Leonard's, and St. Stephen's. Yes. Yeah, and I think at one time I had read that this particular uh, spot in Boston had the most churches per uh, population, you know, per square foot. And um, it's always been rich in faith. Matter of fact, um, in this very building, since 1640, worship has taken place. So this had been previously um, another spot where um, God has always been, you know, worshipped. And this place is very historical. It goes back to um, uh, Moby Dick, you know, like uh, there had been a preacher here that Herman Melville used to uh, import in his famous work. And uh, so this is a place of devotion, a place of faith, and there's a real richness in that growing up. So I've read that uh, the matters preached here, cotton yes. and increased matter. Yeah, yeah. Imagine that. Like, yeah. I mean, I think they're buried probably in Copse Hill burial grounds. Yes, they are. Sure. And then they lived uh, where Paul Revere's house okay. was. Paul Revere took over the matters. Yeah, I mean, when those you hear those names, those are the fabric of you know the United States when you think of the very origins of our country, this has a place, you know, in that. Uh, it was visited by two saints, Mother Cabrini and Bishop Scalabrini. Um, it, is, it has such a rich depth of, uh, in the oldest square, like you mentioned, you know, uh, Paul Revere's house literally is across the street. So this place does have a lot of, uh, you know, gravitas, a lot of significance. It does, and the church itself uh, is so very different from the churches in Boston because Boston is more of the Puritan base, so very austere. I wanted to explain to our audience why the Catholic Church has so much um, adornments 
and how it goes back to our forefathers uh, back in the Leviticus uh, writings of it. But I wanted yeah, we you were to just talking about yes. that. Yes. So there's um, you know, there's a, a beautiful richness in the Catholic faith. I always say we have everything. You know, we have contemplative, apophatic, cataphatic. Our spirituality is so rich, and it goes back biblically. Um, all of the symbols you see in this church, uh, when you think of what a church actually is, for many of the architects, it was considered like a ship, you know, and if you look at the roof, you know, you can see it as like an inverted hull, so you could almost understand the ship as a means of a, or a journey that we're taking to heaven. And that with the, uh, when you think of St. Peter and the fishermen, the bark of the ship, you know, you think of um, us traveling towards heaven, you know, and there's sometimes we're tossed, there's wind, there's storms, and you could even look as the pulpit right here would be like the uh, steering wheel, you know, and the word of God is our guide that's guiding us to um, God. And you can look at the pews, the pews we can consider like, you know, those who row, and you can think of like the prayer as um, churning the church or motoring it towards uh, God in our journey, the Holy Spirit filling up the, um, you know, uh, seals. And so the idea of a church as a ship, I think, goes right into the very heart of the architecture. Matter of fact, the nave, when you think of what a nave is that we're standing in right now, that word means ship, you know, so... It's a beautiful way that the faith is conveyed in the architecture and in the art. We know that in our tradition, that um, especially in the early centuries, you know, in the medieval times, many were illiterate. So what they would do in order to convey and teach the faith, they would have faith in pictures. You know, the uh, murals, the uh, stained glass windows, the frescoes. That would be a means of evangelization because at that time, many people couldn't read it even before. They didn't have books and everything like that. So um, we always heard that expression, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words. And so um, a means of evangelization wouldn't be that symbolism. Often, like in our church, they had like these 12 pillars, you know, and that would represent beautifully the pillars of the church, the apostles. And so each of the um, symbolism, all of the symbolism in the church would convey something about the faith, and that was a way to catechize, if you will. So just by the architecture itself, by the symbols, that would be a way of deepening our understanding of God. Beautifully, Father. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much.